0: So, due diligence typically is sorted out into three general levels or tiers. They mean the same thing. So, it's just the approach that we take, particularly as investigators, to to take a look at companies and businesses and how they transact business globally, reputational issues, and whether or not they are who they say they
1: are even to begin with. That was Candace Tao, president and founder of Infotal, a worldwide investigative firm. Candace joins me to talk about the levels of due diligence and the evaluation of due diligence. It's a basic skill that every compliance professional needs to understand. I know you'll enjoy and indeed get a lot out of this episode. The award-winning FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Before we get to them, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. Uh, We're going to take things in a little bit different direction today, because as the title of this episode implies, we're going to talk about levels of due diligence. And in about 2010 or 2011, I met Candace Tao, and she explained to me what the levels of due diligence were. And I thought, you know, 10 years later, it'd be great to have her come back and explain yet again the levels of due diligence, because I've used her wisdom in all of the versions of my handbook. So Candace, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome back.
0: Thanks so much, Tom. Great to be here.
1: Candace, you've been in the investigative field for a long, long time. I won't say how long, but a long time. And you have done numerous investigations. You have done investigations all over the world. And we're here to focus on the levels of due diligence in FCPA background investigations. I know you've talked about this. I've heard you talk about it for quite some time. So how do you view the levels of due diligence, compliance function, or a company should go through when investigating a third party, potential joint venture partner, or perhaps even a senior executive?
0: Sure. That's a great question and several topics to cover. So I'll do my best to cover all of them. Uh, So due diligence typically is sorted out into three general levels or tiers Um, they mean the same thing. So it's just the approach that we take, particularly as investigators, to, to take a look at companies and businesses and how they transact business globally, reputational issues, and whether or not they are who they say they are even to begin with. And so we typically look at level one being... A low-risk situation, you know that it's a low-risk situation. The deal is maybe a smaller deal in size, and it's in perhaps a lower-risk country or region of the world. Or your concerns or the company's concerns are just not that significant about whether a risk exists. So that would comprise the level one uh, due diligence. And that typically looks at things like... um, just basic credentialing of the person's identifiers or the business's identifiers, because as you know, as you know, Tom, people often go by different names. Companies transact businesses and their business under several different names in many cases. And the, the company name or business person's name that we get originally isn't necessarily the one that they need investigated. So that's an important topic to mention. So we find that out in the level one check. We find out some beneficial ownership information, and some basic information on is that personal business involved in being named um, on one of the global watch lists. So there's about 1,500 global watch lists a day. There's a core 400 or so lists. Different countries call them different things, and so we end up with about 1,500 lists. And so those include things like OFAC, or Office of Foreign Assets Control, PEP, Politically Exposed Persons Lists, especially designated nationals, and on and on and on. Um, so those are the core watch lists, and that's what most banks and financial institutions use to track things like anti-money, ring, anti-money laundering or know-your-customer type basic information. But it only tells us what has the person already been identified for. It does not tell you anything about current crimes that might be ongoing or uh, corruption-type issues. It doesn't tell us anything else about the individual that you'd want to know in order to minimize or mitigate risk. And so then we move into level two. Um, That includes the global watch list, plus things like an adverse media search. An adverse media search allows us to look for common words that relate to crime or corruption. And adverse media searches are useful to have because you do get about 5% of the information that may exist out there. Um, However, it is not a substantial portion of the information you might want to know about if it's a bigger deal or if it's a riskier territory that's involved. And so um, we do like to look at that information as well as foreign language searches in the adverse media domain. And you'll, you'll know it because companies say, you know, we're looking at 20 million or 50, 40, 50 million um, news, news articles, journalist-type articles, um, foreign media information. And it's good basic information, but it doesn't really give you what you need to know if there are more serious risks involved or reputational things that you should know about. And then we go to level three, which does include all public records that exist either here in the US, for example, we have about 25, 30 public records publicly and legally available. Anybody can check them, Um, but you have to know how to check those sources. And then in addition to that, we take a look at deep, dark and historical web searches or open source intelligence. And that's extremely important information. That's where we find 20% 20 of executives have serious issues, and 35% of businesses have corruption-related issues. So very
1: important. Candice, what would you say are three key takeaways for this topic?
0: So the three key takeaways, know who you're doing business with, do do your due diligence, Don't skimp out by doing the basic due diligence that you think is sufficient. If you see red flags, please make sure that you do pursue what those red flags are. Take it, notch it up to the next level of due diligence. And then I would say, um, if you're not doing deep dive due diligence, you're not finding reputational issues. You just can't find reputational issues on database searches. It's very rare to find that. So I would recommend that you consider, particularly if the deal is in high-risk area or if it's a key executive that you're hiring, someone that's going to have operational responsibilities, let's say exceeding $5 million a year, which is most executives today, that you do do the level three due diligence so that you can determine whether or not you have a risk involved in hiring that person to begin with or if you're actually planning to do business with a business entity, uh, let's say it's a merger or acquisition, that you're considering the true reputational issues of that company.
1: Kenneth, I wanted to thank you for explaining the levels of due diligence on this episode of...
0: You're very welcome, Tom.
1: This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the award-winning FCPA Compliance Report. I'm thrilled to announce that the Compliance Podcast Network has been honored with five Communicator Awards, which were recently announced last week. They include the podcast series, The Big Empty, Economic Issues Facing 21st Century Texas, Never the Same, How Business Has Changed Since the Russian Invasion of Ukraine, The Coming Conflict with China, Data-Driven Compliance, and the night sky. I hope you will check out one or more of these podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. Once again, the Compliance Podcast Network is thrilled to have received these honors from over thousands of entries in the Communicator Awards competition. There were 20 podcast given awards of excellence. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you next week on the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.